Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thematic Commander. My name is Jason. I love Magic the Gathering, and I also love building themed EDH decks. On this channel, I'm going to take some of your favorite stories, TV shows, lore, game mechanics, and turn them into playable EDH decks that still tell a story. Thanks, everybody, and on to the show. Each episode is going to break down in four parts. The first part being the theme. The theme could be our favorite stories, to a TV show, to game lore, to game mechanics. Some game mechanics we might take a look at are tribal, exalted, module, uh, anything that we'd really like to focus on and bring out as the highlight of the EDH deck. The second part is going to be about how each card in the deck relates to the theme that we chose, uh, really breaking down groups of cards, and seeing how those themes play out throughout the EDH deck. Third part is going to be how the game, how the deck is going to perform in an actual game. Will this deck have enough draw? Will it have enough ramp? Will it be able to show as much as we'd like to of the theme in the deck in the gameplay? Fourth part will be mostly about finance and a little bit about how we can either make the deck cheaper or... Uh, easier just to make and play. So let's get on to the first section. Hello everybody and welcome to Thematic Commander. This week we're going to be going over our cat-dog tribal, or dog-cat tribal, deck of Ren and Siri Inseparable. Except the fact that this city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Well, what do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes. The dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Enough, I get the point. But what if you're wrong? If I'm wrong, nothing happens. We go to jail, peacefully, quietly. We'll enjoy it. But if I'm right, and we can stop this thing, Lenny, you will have saved the lives of millions of registered voters. All right, so let's step into our first section. So we're going to be using Ren and Siri this week, uh, Inseparable. Now, this is something interesting that M21 core set kind of introduced into Magic. Uh, the idea of pets, for the most part. I mean, we've had companions, and those are kind of pets, but mo more of those are a uh, connective bond. And I'm sure we've had some cards that show uh, people that have pets or flavor text that discuss pets, but in Ren and Siri, Ren and Siri's actual lore... They were pets at one point. So, Ren is our dog, and Siri is our cat. So, that in the flavor text, it has Ren and, or Ren and Siri, cat, or dog, cat. So, that's the reason we have Ren and then Siri. So, I guess that's the more thematic way to put it, even though it would sound better as cat, dog. A little bit of the, the short blurb lore that we have on Ren and Siri. Ren and Siri are a dog and a cat, which travel the wilderness of their home plane together. They make an excellent team, the dog Ren herding the prey while the cat Siri moves to finish it off. Both the pets were abandoned by their owners at a young age and live alone for many years before they met. At first, they were wary of each other, but from now on, they will never be parted. So something else that Core 21 did 
uh, for magic is they turned all hounds into dogs. So anything that you see as a hound type uh, will become a dog. Allowing us to have a, a little bit bigger of a card pool for our dog theme here, but not too, too much. Not all the hounds that are that were turned are strictly playable, but we do have a few in there. And then cats. Cats are a wide variety tribe within Magic the Gathering. We have everything from actual house cats and uh, small pet cats to uh, lions and tigers and leopards and cheetahs all the way up to uh, humanoid cats, uh, as in the Leonin. So for all of the lore that has to go with Ren and Siri, that was basically it. We got a short blurb. We might see them again if they become a really popular character. If not, that's okay. Um, I would like to see a little bit more of it expanded, like what plane they're on. Uh, even just having them be mentioned in a story would be such a great bonus to that. But... We do have a few other legendary creatures inside this deck that are cats. So I'm going to go over a little bit of their lore. So we're not going to go over a Johnny, which will appear in here, because we did go over a Johnny last time, or in our episode two uh, in the beginning. If you'd like to go and take a look at that, it gives you a little bit of background about a Johnny. But we are going to go over Miri as our first one here. Miri Weathership Duelist. Sorry, Miri Weather. Weather Light Duelist. So she came in two forms as a Miri Weather Light Duelist being one green-white, three-two, first strike. Um, and I'll go over the abilities when we get into the other part. And then we have Miri Cat Warrior, which was the original uh, depiction of Miri. But for a little bit of background and a little bit of lore on Miri, she was a big part of the story for a while. So Miri was born on the planet of Dominaria to, to, in an unknown uh, cat tribe, or cat pride. Uh, she was banished for having two different colored eyes, which was considered a bad omen. She did go to study study under Multani, along with Gerard, who was also a major character in The Weatherlight, uh, where she ended up developing feelings for Gerard, basically ended up loving him. On some of the missions that Miri and Gerard went on, uh, one of them was to go and gain the favor of another cat, or of a cat pride. So Miri and Gerard both went out on that. Uh, Gerard ended up getting into a duel with one of the cats over Miri, uh, not really in that sense for, like, a love base. I don't think, I haven't actually read the full story, um, but Miri, to save Gerard, went on a spiritual trip that the Pride put her on where she could either choose to be with the Pride, join the Pride, which she was probably something she wanted to have happen at some point in her life because she was banished from her first Pride, uh, or stay with Gerard. As she was on this journey, she met her spirit beast. Her spirit beast gave her that choice, but said if you were to stay with Gerard, it would end up fall, or leaving him, leading him to his demise. Uh, she did choose to stay with Gerard. She did go on with Gerard uh, onto the Weatherlight to search up uh, the legacy weapon, which was would be used to uh, defeat Phyrexia when it started to phase back in. She met her demise at the hand of Krovax when she saw that Gerard would fight until his death to save her. She just let Krovax end up killing her so that Gerard would stop trying to save her. Uh, there is an alternative world in which Miri, um, instead of Krovax, was turned into a vampire because of slaying uh, an angel. And in that, in that storyline, Krovax ended up having to kill her uh, to protect Gerard. I like Miri. I really wish we got to see more of Miri. We have been seeing a lot of her just through 
glimpses, but it is kind of a shame that we haven't seen. Maybe she would have had descendants at some point. It would have been nice to have seen another cat, cat warrior in Dominaria when we went to Dominaria. Maybe she did have descendants and we didn't know, but there was no mention of it on her lore page on the Wikipedia. So unfortunately, we haven't gotten any background for her. The next legendary creature we're going to go over that's inside this deck is Burmaz, King of Oreskos. So Burmaz is, as I said, the King of Oreskos, which is on the plain of Theros. Uh, Oreskos is a kingdom that's held by the Leonin. Every year, the Leonin pride on Theros would gather together to choose a queen, king, or general to lead their pride. For the past couple of years, it's been Burmaz, which is fairly unusual, but this is because Leonin are starting to be less nomadic and be more centralized. Uh, Burmaz is considered a great king, well-spoken and always willing to go and find help when needed and to counsel from the more wise within his tribe. He does have he does have some doubts about the isolation of the Leonin culture. Uh, Leonins on Theros are not, it's not that they don't believe in gods, but I believe they don't praise any gods on Theros, even though there are gods on Theros. So for the most part, this part disturbs Brimaz, not because they don't pray to other gods, but because it really uh, has a degree of separation between them probably being able to advance in Theros culture. The next legendary creature we have is Jedi Ajanin. Uh, Jedi Ajanin was a was a tiger warrior from Ephernon uh, on the plain of Dominaria. Uh, he was a wandering tiger warrior uh, searching for the fate of his father. This eventually led him to confront the wizard Johan, and then he actually joined the ranks of the Rodan mercenaries, becoming a friend with another uh, commander that we had before, which was Hazan Tamar. And then we have our last, one of our last legendary creatures that we're going to talk about right here, which is Araba, War of the World. Now, this is the legendary cat avatar uh, from an unknown plane, whereas maybe a lion would thunder its roar across the savanna, uh, calling to his pride. Arabo is actually able to uh, send his voice out through the multiverse, stirring the hearts of every cat and awakening their spirit to his call. He roams the clifftops of his clifftops and mountains of his world, in which other cats have actually found him just to bask in his glory. He has come to tolerate them as they pay their respects. Uh, the one the one last legendary creature that we're not going to talk about, because we had talked about him before, is Marisi, Breaker of the Coil. So Marisi, obviously we talked about in our original uh, Naya episode on episode two. And I am sorry about doing so many Naya, Naya deck texts um, in these past couple episodes. I promise we're not a Naya podcast. Um, I'm going to get other themes going, but this was just one that I've been working on and finally bought the last few cards for. So I'm really actually excited to play it online and see how it goes. So with that, we're going to go on to the, the second part, which is our deck tech. And I'll see you there. Of course, looses can't climb trees. Don't have to. They can reach right up to the top. You'd be safer on the ground with us. Me? Sassy? Sleep in the dirt? Wow, look who's down in the dirt with the dogs. Morning, honey. Ugh! Dog breath. So, here we are in our deck tech as we go through it. Um, the few things we're probably going to change here is 
not every card is going to be completely cat-related. Uh, I know we're trying to tell mostly a story on this on this site, but this is going to be one of our kind of just tribal episodes, which we'll go through from time to time. So some cards might just work really well with the deck. We do try to stay on theme as much as possible. We do have a maybe board for this one. I'll actually go over a different way you could play the deck, which is a little bit more competitive, which you might want to look into if you're going to be playing this deck. So let's start with our first section, which would be Cool Cats. Cool Cat effects. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was a kind of a funny thing to put in there. So we have some cool cat, some cat, <clears throat> we have some cool cats that have some cool effects. Uh, so we're going to start off with our first one here, which is Red and Siri Inseparable. One red, green, white, four, four. Whenever you cast a dog spell, create a one, one, create a one, one green cat creature token. Whenever you cast a cat spell, create a one, one white dog creature token. Red, Green, white, taps, Ren and Siri inseparable. Deal damage to any target equal to the number of dogs you control. Gain life equal to the number of cats you control. Keeper of the Fable, or Keeper of Fables. Three green, green, creature, cat. Whenever one or more non-human creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. They are a 4-5. So this is just a really good draw effect on one of our cats that we can have in the deck. Quizali Lineslinger, which you probably remember from our first deck tech. Quizali Lineslinger is four green reach cat warrior. Whenever Quizali Lineslinger or another cat enters the battlefield under your control, you may destroy target artifact or enchantment. They are a 3-5. So obviously having a aura shards on a cat tribal card is probably really good. And this doesn't just say when you cast them. Um, We're going to find we actually have a lot of ways to create cat tokens. Whenever one of those cat tokens comes into play, you can actually end up destroying like three really important artifacts on your opponent's side, uh, which you really end up liking a lot. So next card we have is Hungry Lynx, one in a green, creature cat. You're going to hear that a lot, creature cat. Cats you control have protection from rats. Oh, thank God. Uh, Relentless rats won't be able to affect us anymore. What a great effect. Uh, It also has a couple other abilities, which are a little bit more relevant to giving that creature protection from rats. At the beginning of your end step, so also a good effect on your end step, target opponent creates a 1-1 black rat creature token with death touch. Whenever a rat dies, you may put a plus one plus one counter on each each cat you control. Hungry Lynx is a 2-2. So, I mean, even just giving your opponents the ability are giving you the ability to politic a little bit give your opponent here oh i see that your one of my opponents has a really big five five beater why don't you have this little rat it's a one one death toucher you know just have it on me you know just don't attack me next turn or something like that and we'll figure that out and then when that token dies if you still have hungry links out you get to put plus one plus one counter on all of your cats which are going to end up having quite a few shetty's tiger two white white creature cat three three flash when it enters the battlefield, you gain protection from the color of your choice until end of turn. So this is also a really good effect. So say your opponent um, is trying to blue sun zenith you out of the game, even though most of the time they'd be on a full loop. You can stop it for a second and give yourself protection from that. Or say they're trying to kill you with a huge fireball or a comet storm. You get to give yourself protection for that turn from that comet storm. Sometimes those effects are only one-time shots. Like they won't be able to do it again next turn. It also is like a general fog. So say your opponent's attacking you with a bunch of 
um, one one green tokens, but there's a billion of them. You can flash this in. It does say you can't be targeted by spells, dealt damage, or enchanted by anything of the chosen color. So that's pretty good. Leardin Arbiter, uh, probably a very annoying card. It's already very annoying in Modern and in uh, Legacy. Uh, it'll also be annoying for your opponents here in Commander. So one in a white, clat, Cat Cleric. Players can't search libraries. So that's all players, including yourself. Any player may pay two for that player to ignore this effect until end of turn. So it doesn't turn off the effect fully for the entire table. It's just for the one player so that they can search. It is a 2-2. So that really helps when your opponents are trying to, like, demonic tutor out their uh, full effect. Now it's just a diabolic tutor. Or when they're even trying to fetch with a fetch land, they have to pay 3 mana to go... 3 mana effectively to go and search up a land that they want to find. Leonin Arbor could put in some work. It comes down early. Stalking Stalking Leonin. 2 and a white. 3-3 when... Stalking Leonin enters the battlefield. Secretly choose an opponent. Reveal the player you chose. Exile target creature that attacked you. If it's controlled by the chosen player, activate this ability only once. So this gives you kind of a little bit of secrecy, a little bit of uh, fun that you get to play with the other opponents. You write down that name. Uh, Usually they'll know it's either one or two players because you'll probably only have one or two players that have any really big... Um, creatures that they want to attack with but it does give you a little bit of targeted removal um, and a little bit of leeway to say oh do you really want to attack with your commander i can't, might be able to exile it alms collector three and three and a white flash if an opponent would draw two cards or or more cards instead you and that player each draw a card uh three four so just a kind of a fun way, if your opponent's trying to draw their entire deck, you can flash this out, have a creature to block with. It's pretty big, but, um, but also it allows you to draw an extra card and now your opponents aren't going to be able to uh, dig their way out of a bad situation with like a Sphinx's Revelation or anything like that. They'll be able to draw just one card and you'll also be able to draw a card. Next card we have, now this is one that's a little bit weaker than the rest, but I still like it, is uh, Fawnland Felidar. Two, green, white, three, five. So for four mana, it's a three, five with vigilance. Creatures you control with vigilance have pay one, tap, tap target creature. So we have a, we have one way to give all of our creatures vigilance. We also have, we also have one or two other creatures that have vigilance. So this is just probably a good way to uh, give us a little bit of ways to get through bigger creatures. Then we have weathership or Miri Weatherlight Duelist. So as we said before, one green, white, three, two, first strike. When Miri Weathership Duelist attacks, each, op- each opponent can't block with more than one creature this combat. As long as Miri Weathership Duelist is tapped, no more than one creature can attack you each combat. So it gives you a little bit of leeway uh, and gives you a way to not get attacked as much. Uh, also, it gives you a little bit of a leeway to get through. Then we have Marisi, Breaker of the Coil, one red, green, white, five, four, your opponents can't cast spells during your combat, so that's also great. If your opponent was like, who are you going to attack? You could basically be like, um, well, I don't know. Who am I going to attack? Or you can say, oh, I'm going to attack you with one creature. Uh, but now if you decide to change if you decide to change your mind and be kind of a little bit of a dirtbag, I guess, uh, you can decide to attack them with all, and they can't really respond to it at all. 
Uh, don't do that. It doesn't make a whole lot of friends. But he has some other abilities, which makes you want to attack everybody you can. Also helps us in a gold-wide strategy. The other abilities are whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, goad each creature that player controls. And goad is, when it comes around to their attack step, they have to attack another player other than you, if able. Uh, so say... If it's just you and one other opponent at that point, they can only attack you. But they will have to attack. So that gives you the ability to run through and get through on your creatures. With your... So, onto our lord effects. These are creatures that either give uh, bonuses or buffs to other cats or dogs that you have. So this is where we're probably going to see our first dog. So, we have Feline Sovereign. Two, green. Two, three. Other cats you control... Get plus one, plus one, and have protection from dogs. Whenever one or more cats you control deal combat damage to a player, destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment that player controls. So also just another way to get rid of that troublesome troublesome Aetherworks Marvel or anything like that. Um, You just have to have one cat get through, and you'll get rid of their most important artifact or enchantment. So just also a really great lord for that fact. Pack Leader. One white creature dog. Other dogs you control get plus one, plus one. When pack leader attacks, prevent all combat damage that would be dealt to dealt this turn to dogs you control. They are a 2-2. King of the Pride. Two and a white. Cat. Other cats you control get plus two, plus one. And they are a 2-1. Arabo, Roar of the Worlds. Three green, white. Legendary creature, cat, avatar. It has an eminence ability, but unfortunately we're not going to be playing this as our commander. So that effect won't really matter. But they are a 5-5 for 5. And whenever another creature, whenever another cat you control attacks, you may pay 1 green white. If you do, it gets trample and it gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is its power. So this is just a great way if you need to get that trample in uh, so that you can get your Marisi off or you can get your feline sovereign off uh, or maybe just those last few points of damage uh, this makes a huge creature and also gives you trample we do have a little bit of mutate in the deck not a whole lot but we have regal leonosaur so this is a white red 2-2 dinosaur cat mutate one boros boros whenever this creature mutates other creatures you control get plus two plus one until end of turn so I think we have a n- one other mutate in the deck, but really it's just a one-time bonus, and it's also a cat that's pretty cheap and allows you to pump the rest of your creatures, not just your cat creatures. Then we have utility cats or utility cats. Uh, most of all of our cats are utility in a sense, but these are really ones that serve kind of a, a specific purpose. Quizali Pride Mage. Green, white, 2-2, exalted. Whenever a creature you control attacks alone, that creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. It also has the ability, one, sacrifice Quizali Prime Mage, destroy target artifact enchantment. Cheap creature, pumps your other creatures, also just good by itself. Sacrifice to destroy an important enchantment or artifact. Leonin Relic Warder, white, white, now a little harder to cast. 2-2, when Leonin Relic Warder enters the battlefield you may exile target artifact or enchantment when it leaves the battlefield or when it enters the battlefield, you may exile target artifact or enchantment when it leaves the battlefield, you have to return it. Just a one shot way to get rid of an important artifact or enchantment. Oreskos Explorer, 
One white, two, two. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for up to X playing cards, where X is the number of players who control more lands than you. Reveal those cards, uh, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. There are Cat Scout. And that's it for our Utila Cats. Then we have our protecting, our protecting dogs and our protecting cats. Uh, a few ones here we have here are Selfless Savior, One White, One One Dog, Sacrifice, Selfless Savior. Another target creature you control gains indestructible intend- until end of turn. Great card to get down early if you plan on casting your commander sooner rather than later. Uh, we have Resolute Watchdog, One White, One Three, Defender, Sacrifice, uh, do the exact same effect. Target creature you control gains indestructible into end of turn. White Mane Lion is a little bit of a combo piece. Uh, also just a way to protect a creature if you don't want it dying. White Mane Lion is a one in a white. 2-2 two, two, flash when it enters the battlefield. Uh, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. Now you have to do that. There's no choice when it comes to that. Then we have... Uh, <laughs> then we have our one of... Our one of bird, which is, which is uh, birds of paradise. We know what birds of paradise does. It taps for any mana. It has flying. It's a one, a zero one. Uh, I like having the one of birds of paradise because maybe it's that one bird that always is able to get away from the cat, uh, or maybe it's just that one little tasty morsel that's going to be for every cat in our deck. Uh, it's a great piece of ramp in a three color deck, but I thought it was funny to have the one birds of paradise. A lot of people on EDH rec end up having that too. Then we have our nine, we have our token creator cats. Uh, in our token creator cats, we have Pride Sovereign, two green. Pride Sovereign gets plus one, plus one for each other cat you control. It has one tap of white, or white tap, exert Pride Sovereign, create two one one creature tokens with lifelink, uh, and it's a two two. We have Regal Caracal, three white, white. Other cats you control get plus one, plus one, and have lifelink, so gives all of your creatures lifelink, for the most part. When Regal Caracal enters the battlefield, you create two 1-1 one, one, uh, white creature tokens with lifelink, uh, and Regal Caracal is a 3-3. Three, three. So these come in as, as two twos as long as you control Regal Caracal. What I like to do with my Lord effects, I do not enjoy playing any Lord effects that are just give all your creatures plus one, plus one. I don't find they do enough in Commander... I mean, if you're really trying to go wide, you can try and play them. But in my tribal decks, I end up trying to like to play a lord that either gives me bodies with it when it comes into play, so that it's kind of a army in a can, or gives a really good effect like Feline Sovereign, where as a long as giving it plus one, plus one, it also gives you another effect that uh, advances the board state. So that's what a lot of my lords end up having in any of my commander decks. Bermaz, King of Arescos, is our next token creator. One white, white, three, four, Vigilance. So this has a lot of abilities. It's also a really good card, I think. When Bermaz, King of Arescos, attacks, put a one, one, white cat soldier creature token into play with Vigilance. So there's another instant Vigilance. Uh, onto the battlefield, attacking. So it doesn't tap. Uh, and whenever Bermaz blocks a creature, put a one, one, white cat soldier token into the battlefield uh, blocking. And it can be blocking a, uh, a different creature as well. Lean in war leader, two white white, 
Cat Soldier 4-4. When it attacks, you create two 1-1 cat creature tokens with lifelink tapped and attacking. So another little army in a can. Cub Warden, three white, three five, lifelink. A lot of lifelink, which is pretty good. It helps you keep you in the game. Mutate, two white, white. Whenever this creature mutates, create two one one white creature tokens uh, with lifelink. So another little army in a can. Uh, for the most part, this is a little bit of a weaker card because you're only going to mutate either onto something and then you'll only mutate once one other time if you have the regal Leonosaur. Jetty. Uh, the legendary creature we talked about before. Three green, 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 five, five, forest walk. So most of the time you're always going to have an opponent that has a forest. So he'll most of the time always be able to get through. He's a cat warrior. Whenever, whenever it attacks or blocks, create a two, two warrior creature token or warrior cat creature token uh, with forest walk. So it gives you more to attack with. Nakata war pride. So this is also this card's also really good to activate with Ren and Siri. So when it attacks and you get a bunch of the tokens. So let me read it out real quick. Three green, green, green. Three, three. Uh, must be blocked. Ex- must be blocked by exactly one creature if able. When it attacks, put X creature tokens into the battlefield. And tapped in attacking. They are copies of. War Pride, where X is the number of creatures defending player controls, remove the tokens from the game at the end at the end of turn. So this is really good when you attack, and then you're able to activate Ren and Siri. So as you're attacking with Nakata War Pride, and you create all these tokens, you'll be able to tap Ren and Siri uh, and gain all that life from all these cat tokens you might create. I mean, if your opponent has created a say twenty creature one ones, um, and they've already attacked with them, you can basically tap uh, War Pride and get gain of 20 life right there. So here's some of our nine lives cards. It's kind of a funny joke. It doesn't really have to do anything with nine lives, but there was nine cats that kind of fell within either having kind of a protection, a unique ability, um, or just won't try and have them not die at all, uh, or just kind of iconic. So Bronze Hide Lion, green, white, three, three. Green has the ability, it's a cat, he has the ability Green White Bronze Hide Lion gains indestructible intelligent turn. When Bronze Hide Lion dies, return it to the battlefield. It is an aura enchantment. With enchant creature you control gets pay green white, enchanted creature gains indestructible intelligent turn, and it loses all other and that's the ability it gains, and it loses all other abilities. So if you have like a cat creature token you want to get out, you might want to put it on there, but you do not want to put it like on your commander. Fleece main lion, green white, three three. It has Monstrous, which means you can pay three green, white, Monstrous one, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature and a Monstrous. Uh, it becomes Monstrous. As long as Fleece Main Lion is Monstrous, it has Hexproof and Indestructible. We have Adorn Pouncer, one in a white, one, one, double strike, Eternalize. So for etern- for three in a three white, white, you can exile this card from your graveyard, create a Token copy that is a 4 4 uh, on the battlefield. We have Sacred Cat, 1 1 white, 1 1, lifelink, embalm. So you can pay 1, exile this card from your graveyard, and create a zombie uh, cat with converted mana cost. With no converted mana cost, it's a 1 1, basically the exact same copy. Torn Mauler, Torn Mauler is 2 2 and a red, shapeshifter. 
So it's the changeling. It's every creature type. Whenever your opponent casts a spell, you may put a plus one, plus one counter on Torian Mauler. Uh, it starts out as a 2-2. This is where we have Miri Cat Warrior. Uh, Miri Cat Warrior is one green, green, 2-3. Two, 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 First Strike, Forest Walk, Vigilance. So there we have another aspect of Vigilance. Uh, and then we have Wild Noctal. One green, one, one. It has plus one, plus one as long as you control a mountain, and also has plus one, plus one as long as you control a plains. Lost Leonin, one white, two one, infect. This is a cat soldier. So this is our only instance of infect in the deck. Um, but all of our pu- our pumps and our ways to kind of trick out our creatures can sometimes give us like a one shot to be able to kill one of our opponents. Some of the creatures in our go wide strategy would be Jazal Goldmane, which we talked about in our Naya deck as well. So two white, white, first strike, pay three white, white. Attacking creatures you control get plus X, plus X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. They are a four, four. So when we're going wide with our Leonin war leader or our Regal Caracal or our Brumaz, Jazal Goldmane is just a way to pump them all and get in there for a little bit more damage. Then we have Mirror Entity. Mirror Entity is two white shapeshifter. You can pay X until end of turn. Creatures you control with base power and toughness become XX and gain all creature types. It starts as a 1-1. Now, this is also good. So say you have a bunch of cat creature tokens out and you have enough to activate your Ren and Siri to deal damage equal to the number of dogs you control. Well, you might not have too many dogs. Maybe they have a way that they killed all of your dogs and now you're just left with cats. So now you can just pay one. Make all of your cats into cat dogs. Cat dogs. Sorry. Uh, and Ren and Siri will end up dealing that much more damage to all of your... To your opponent. Or to any target as you decide and choose to be fit. So those are all the creature... All our cats and dogs that we have in the deck. Uh, now for a few of the non-cat, non... For... And now for some of the non-creature cards that we have within each strategy... In the nine lives strategy, this would be our ninth cat, technically, would be a Johnny the Great Hearted, two green, white, five loyalty, planeswalker, a Johnny. Creatures you control have vigilance. So this is great with our uh, Fonderline Felidin. It has the plus one, you gain three life, and minus two, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control, and a loyalty counter on each planeswalker control. So the second part of that ability is not great, but being able to pump all of your creatures even after like a board wipe and then you rebuild your deck and now you have all these... Uh, you rebuild your board, and now you have all these creatures to put plus one, plus one counters on. Is great, and Vigilance is also great. In our go-wide strategy, we have we have three cards that are pretty much game-enders if you can uh, resolve them with a board state of any sort. So Beastmaster Ascension, two and a green enchantment. Whenever a creature you control attacks, you may put a lore counter on Beastmaster Ascension. As long as Beastmaster Ascension has seven or more lore counters, or quest counters, not lore, sorry, quest counters on it, it gets plus five, plus five. Or creatures you control get plus five, plus five. So even if you just have Nakato War Pride out and a Beastmaster Ascension, you just attack the person with the most creatures out and... Or no, sorry, that won't work. Um, so say you just have five five creature tokens out, you swing twice uh, out, and they're all going to become five fives as long as you have Beastmaster Ascension out. Then we have Shared Animosity, two and a red enchantment. Whenever a creature you control attacks it gets plus one plus one until end of turn for each other creature that shares a creature type with it so like i was saying with mirror entity you can make all of them cats and dogs and they all pump the other one by plus x 
minus one uh, for shared animosity. And then we have, and also Beastmaster Ascension has a bunch of cats in the form of tigers on it, which is pretty sweet. Then we have Titanic Ultimatum. Red, red, green, 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 white, white. I love saying stuff like that. Uh, Sorcery, until end of turn, creatures you control get plus five, plus five, gain first strike, lifelink, and trample. So this is just that mega overrun when you have a giant board um, and you need to get pulled that much further ahead of the rest of your opponents. You can resolve your titanic ultimatum. In the tokens section, we have sort of body and mind. Now, I wish this created hounds, which would be sweet, but it doesn't. So three... Three mana artifact equipment. Equip creatures get equip creature gets plus two plus two and has protection from green and blue. Alright, not too bad, I guess. Whenever equip creature deals combat damage to a player, you put a two-two wolf green wolf creature token into the battlefield, and that player mills the top ten cards of its library into their graveyard, it equips for two. So I like this enchant this equipment basically because it creates a body. So say they even are able to kill the creature after you got in one hit with sort of body in mind, you're, you created a 2-2 that you can equip it to and keep going and keep building out that board. It's in our token creation section, so that's where it goes in with it. Oketra's Monument also has a giant depiction of a cat on it. Uh, three, three, or three mana, legendary artifact. Cre- white creature spells you cast costs one less to cast. Whenever you cast a creature spell, create a 1-1 warrior creature token with vigilance. So another instance of vigilance there. This also really synergizes very well with uh, white main lion. So for basically one white at the end of each turn, as long as you rebounce the white main lion, with Oketra's Monument, you could just make a board state out of nothing. So say your opponent, the last person that was to go before you wrath the board, but you have Oketra's Monument out and a White Main Lion, you can just replay White Main Lion, bounce itself, and get 1-1s one uh, to set yourself up for a Titanic Ultimation uh, next turn. It's just a really good card in that sense. It also reduces the cost of all of your uh, white spells, or white creature spells, So, and we have quite a few. And then for the one enchantment that kind of stands by itself, but I really think it's flavorful in a sense, so what everybody's been calling the all dogs go to heaven in divine visitation, uh, three green white enchantment. If one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, that many four, four white angel creature tokens with vigilance are created instead. So you have to be a little bit wary of this because it kind of shuts off Ren and Siri a little bit. You won't be able to get those one, one cats or those one, one dogs, but you will be getting four, four vigilant, Vigilant Angels, so that's not too bad. You just won't be able to use the second part of uh, Ren and Siri. And now for some of our uh, rounding out cards in the sorceries, instances, and artifacts. So we have Swiftfoot Boots so that you can protect Siri, Ren and Siri and activate it as soon as it comes out, if you have that all that mana. Skull Clamp, we are making a bunch of 1-1s with our commander, with some of our cards. So Skull Clamp is a great way. Um, not to say you want to be sacrificing any animals ever, uh, but... To be able to draw a card if a creature were to die, uh, or draw two cards if a creature were to die, would be great. We have our all of our talismans. We have talisman of conviction. We have talisman of unity. We have tal- talisman of impulses. These are all two mana artifacts that tap to add one colorless or tap to add one of its respective color and deal one damage to you. Then we have mace of the valorant, two white mace of the valorant or. Er, Artifact equipment, 
uh, equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each charge counter on Mace of the Valorant and has Vigilance, another instant of Vigilance. Cre- whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a, pl- a charge counter on Mace of the Valorant. So now that we're going wide, it's also another way to help us with that. Equips for three. In the instances, we have Heroic Intervention, one green instant. Permanence you control gain Hexproof and have Indestructible until the end of turn. Also has a picture of a Johnny on it. Beast Within, two and a green instant. Uh, destroy target permanent. This controller gets a 3-3. Three, three. Nature's Claim, one green instant. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Its controller gains four life. Force of Vigor, two and a green, two green green instant. Uh, you can, if it's not your turn, you may exile a green card. Uh, Instead of paying for this spell's effect, destroy up to two target artifacts or enchantments. Path to Exile, picture of a Leonin. One white, instant, exile target creature. Its controller may search the library for basic land, put it in play tapped. Flawless Maneuver, two and a white. So now I think this is any, this card should be in any deck that you want to have your commander out and have it live. Um, It's two and a white, instant. If you control your commander, you may cast the spell without paying its mana cost. Creatures you control gain indestructible. Just a free way. So say you have four mana and you want to play Ren and Siri that turn. As long as you have Flawless Maneuver in your hand, it's pretty much protected from any kind of Wrath effect. Not a Path to Exile effect or a Bounce effect, but it's pretty nice to have that, oh, I'll just clean up the board on turn four and happen to get this person's commander. With Flawless Maneuver, it's pretty good. Crib Swap, two and a white. Tribal Instant Spell or Shapeshifter. It has Changeling. Exile target creature. Its controller puts a 1 1 colorless shapeshifter token uh, into play with Changeling. So, that Ren and Siri Inseparable say whenever you cast a dog spell or cast a cat spell, this will count as both. And you'll actually get two tokens for the one token that you're going to give them, and also exile one of their creatures. So Crypt Swap, this is a pretty good deck for it. And then in our sorcery section here, we just have a few cards. Farseek, Ramp Spell, Nature's Lore, Ramp Spell, uh, Rampant Growth, Ramp Spell. In our land section, we're playing a basic uh, Naya land base. Uh, I am personally playing uh, the duels that go along with this, just for the fact that we have like Wild Nakatl that really... Uh, runs along with it. So I'm playing the Taiga, Plateau, and Savannah, uh, along with the Shocklands in Sacred Foundry, Stomping Grounds, and Temple Garden. Uh, you can obviously play this as a cheaper deck. It's It has a couple triple green and double white effects so you might want to have a better mana base so some of your filter lands might be good too like rugged prairie or wooded bastion stuff like that um but it's up to you you can play it however you want so now we have we come to our last section here which is our maybe board now our maybe board is kind of filled with a combo now there is a combo you can play in this deck, if you'd like, you can make a few cuts if you want some of our higher converted mana cost stuff. Um, the combo is with Alurin and White Mainline and Ren and Siri. So Alurin is two green green enchantment. Any player may play a creature card with total converted mana cost three or less whenever he or she could play an instant and without paying its mana cost. So now this is symmetrical. So if your opponents have any like really crazy low converted mana cost creatures, they can play them as well. But for you, we have a couple cards 
that really synergize well with this, one being our commander. So so let's talk about the two cards that go infinite with a learn. So we have White Mane Lion, which is in the main deck. If you have a learn out, it's basically free to cast White Mane Lion. White Mane Lion comes into play. You return White Mane Lion to your hand. You cast it again with a Lauren, and you just keep casting it. If you have Ren and Siri out, that's infinite uh, dog tokens. And then if you tap Ren and Siri, you deal infinite damage to target player. Uh, it also goes infinite with Oketra's Monument out or with Quasali Line Slingers, and you'd be able to destroy all the enchantments and artifacts out on the battlefield. There's also another card in uh, Fleetwood Pan- or Panther. One green white creature cat flash three four when it enters the battlefield return a white or return a green or white creature token uh, to its owner's hand you just return it recast it with a learn and cycle over and over again until you have infinite dog tokens or infinite soldiers um, anything like that so those are the two cards that can go infinite with a learn a few cards in our maybe board as well we have uh, prowling superpard which is one green green four three prowling superpard can't be countered creature spells you control can't be countered it's a cat sneak so if your metagame calls for it you can play prowling superpard if you know a lot of your uh, more important creatures are going to be countered and then finally we have felidar sovereign uh, which is four green four white white four six vigilance lifelink at the beginning of your upkeep if you have 40 or more life you win the game so this is just another card we do have a lot of life linkers we have a lot of ways to gain life uh, so if you have felidar sovereign out or if you know you're going to be at 40 life you just put felidar sovereign out if you can make that turn of the table activate ren and siri gain a little bit of life and be at 40 you just win the game uh, really good card just a little heavy on the convert and mana cost so that was all of our cards for the deck now on to the third section where we're going to be talking about uh, how the deck is supposed to play. One fine day with a wolf and a purr, a baby was born and it caused a little stir. No blue buzzard, no three-eyed frog, just a feline canine, little cat dog. Cat dog, cat dog, alone in the world was a little cat dog. So here we are in the third section. I kind of went over it in the... I kind of went over it in the deck tech, but I'd like to just kind of reemphasize some of the um, some of the strategies we have in this deck. So you are really trying to go wide with this deck. Uh, we do have a converted mana cost of uh, 2.9, so a little bit on the higher, but quite a few two drops in cats and dogs. Being able to get Ren and Siri out and then drop a cat immediately, so just so you can get that extra dog out, uh, and being able to go wide is just a really good strategy. We have that go-wide strategy that we were talking about in Beastmaster Ascension and Shared Animosity. Our color breakdown comes to uh, about 44 white cards. Our lowest color in the deck is red. Uh, You can add a few things that help you out with the token strategy. Some sacrifice effects are usually good in Goblin Bombardment or Impact Tremors. If you just want to do that go-wide damage to the table or uh, Goblin Bombardment, if you just want to be able to sacrifice some of your tokens to get that little bit of damage in is also another uh, strategy you can take for the deck. And then our second biggest color is green. Uh, green being in our ramp package, green being in some of our uh, some of our cat tokens, or some of our cat creatures. When it comes to ramp, we're not playing a whole lot of ramp. The only hard ramp we have are the talismans, the rampant growth effects, 
uh, and the one Birds of Paradise. We do have some coincidental uh, ramp spells in, in Oketra's Monument, but we're really not playing a whole lot of ramp. Uh, so in total, it comes to about seven. But we do have a lower converted mana cost, so it's not too, too bad. You can add some more ramp spells in like Utopia Sprawl, Wild Growth, uh, things like that if you'd like. I'd like to tend to play the enchantment ramps if you're not going for like an elf theme uh, because Land of War Elves is kind of, it's okay, but it just can be coincidentally destroyed whereas Utopia Sprawl takes a little bit more effort along with Wild Growth and like Carpet of Flowers. We have five single target removal spells in Crib Swap, Path to Exile, Force of Vigor, Nature's Claim, and Beast, uh, Beast Within. But a lot of our creatures, or some of our creatures do have targeted removal effects in the fact like um, Stalking Leoden is a little bit of a hard one to do. But Quasali Pride or Quasali Line Slingers, uh, Lean in Relic Water, Warder, uh, are a lot of single target removal spells that we can use. Unfortunately, the deck is not playing any Wrath effects, so you're really going to have to go wide at some point in the game. Our creature is another, our general is another single target removal spell, but really if they're starting to get wider than you or you need to deal with multiple creatures, uh, it's probably not going to be you at the table that's going to be doing that. That's where uh, Foundry Land Felidar can come in handy. If you have some vigilant creatures, you'll be able to tap down all their blockers or, um, or Breaker of the Coil can also come in handy if you can get through a creature, uh, make make your opponent be goaded, and then you're able to get through like that. Uh, we also have Quasali Pride Mage, Pride Mage, which is also another single target removal spell. When it comes to going wide, I mean, most of our most of our creature tokens in the token section go wide. Um, also, our commander just goes wide, so all of our creatures are kind of a, a two-for-one every time you put one out, if you have your commander out. Uh, why it's so important to protect your commander with Swiftfoot Boots and Flawless Maneuver and Heroic Intervention. Now, we don't have a whole lot of dogs in the deck. The few dogs we do have are the two that will protect your commander. So you can turn, put them out the turn before you play your commander. And then you're able to just basically protect your commander with a Selfless Savior or with Res- Resolute Watchdog. Resolute Watchdog is a little bit harder because you do have to pay one into its activation. But um, Selfless Savior uh, protects it on its own. A little bit of recursion in the deck with our... Uh, embalm creatures and our immortalize uh, creatures, but the, for the most part, not a whole lot of recursion when it comes down to it. I think you'll have to find yourself um, in the early game trying to get in as many attacks as possible uh, with this deck. Is the more of the gameplay, and then as you get to the later game, start building out your your army. And using Ren and Siri to kind of deal damage where you can. Your opponents will probably end up wrathing, wrathing, take, trying to take care of your commander. Um, but probably after the second wrath, I would say you're probably clear to just expand as wide as possible. And then go in for the kill with those big cards like Beastmaster Ascension or Shared Animosity uh, or Titanic Ultimatum. Um, just all of those overrun effects. Or even with Divine Intervention, just allowing or Divine Visitation, allowing you to get up into the sky and start attacking. Uh, I think the deck probably plays pretty well. Uh, I'm going to play it. I might even record some of it so you guys can see some of the gameplay to see how it plays out. Um, I think playing the Allurn combo probably gives you that out of nowhere, being able to eliminate an opponent, kind of a surprise to a 
what everybody would probably think is just a, oh, it's whatever, a silly cat deck, silly dog deck. And it's like, no, but we do have this combo, which we can just pull off and kill somebody at the table. So with that, on to our last section, and I'll see you there. Where am I? This is the Great Hall of Judgment. Judgment? Oh, not to worry, Charlie. You'll go to heaven. All dogs go to heaven because unlike people, dogs are naturally good and loyal and kind. Huh. Yeah, that's true. Welcome to doing whatever you wish. Oh, this is really a lovely place you got here. So, this last section, we talk about price. This deck comes in at an estimated cost of $271. I, I still think... Most of these prices are really inflated just for the fact that we're still in quarantine. It's still a little hard to get out there and buy some of these cards. We did have some price reductions in Heroic Intervention being reprinted in the core set. But our three most expensive cards would be in Brimaz at $2 or $21.99. Probably inflated a little bit from maybe this deck coming out and people wanting to play it. The next most expensive card would be uh, Divine Visitation being $15. Now, this might be scarcity, but this also might just be because it's probably a pretty sought-after card. If you don't have one, I would suggest trying to pick one up uh, if that's something that interests you. And then one last surprising card, uh, Miri Weatherlight Duelist. Now, it's becoming harder to find this card for the simple fact that it's just getting older and older as uh, it was printed in Commander 2017. Uh, but we did have a secret layer drop, which is actually pretty expensive also in the 25 price range. Um, you can also pick up a Miri's Guile if you want to be a little more on theme and power up the deck a little bit. Miri's Guile is one green, or Miri's Guide, sorry. No, Guile. Huh. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them in, or put one of them back, or no, put them back in any order. So just also like a top effect that allows you to filter out your deck a little bit. The Alluren, the Alluren combo, a little expensive at $40 if you want to play Alluren. It's an older card. I don't believe it can ever be reprinted. It might be on the reserve list. It is a good card. Um, it sometimes does allow your opponents to kind of combo off without you meaning to let it happen. Um, but being able to create a board state at the end of someone's turn also really good. And being able to combo people out, also really good. So it's just up to you. So with that, on to the end. Go on. Use the dog face. This is going to be beautiful. You know, big. Do the dog face. What? The dog face? What does that mean? <sighs> Figures I'm tied to the one dog on earth who doesn't know how to beg. Huh. Okay. If you want the fo uh, uh, the antidote. You're going to have to do exactly what I said. Nah, not likely. You're a degenerate creature of darkness. Yeah, yeah, granted. But that said, all I'm asking you to do is just tilt your head a little. You could do that, can't you? Come on. More. More. This is stupid. No, 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 no. come on. Work with me on this, please. You're almost there. Oh, boy. So I just wanted to say thank you, everybody. I'm sorry again. I promise this is not thematic Naya uh, cast. I do like my Naya decks, but this is just one that I bought all the cards for. I wanted to build. I built it. Uh, I'm going to see how it plays and see if I like it. Also a little bit on theme with a core 
21 deck. Uh, the next deck we'll probably do will either be a mirror-themed deck, or uh, if I am a little short on time, it might end up being just my uh, mono-green devotion deck with the new uh, green god at the helm. Uh, but we'll see. It'll come out next Monday. I do want to say thank you, everybody, again. Um, I really appreciate it if you've been listening and uh, commenting and anything like that. I'll post this on YouTube. Uh, my YouTube channel is Thematic Commander. If you look us up, you can give us a fa- or a follow if you'd like to just see an update every week on these cards. At some point, I will learn Lightworks. It might be the first time I get a new guest. I would like to get a guest on. Uh, if you know, if you want to, you can always tweet at me at WolfieMTG. Or you can email me at wolfystar12 at gmail.com with your deck list of your theme deck. And I'd love to go over it. I'll send you my feedback on it or ways you can find ways to make your your deck more thematic. I'll tell you how I do it if you'd like to know about that. Um, I just want to say thank you again. I know I keep saying it. I know when it comes to playing Commander, we all want to be... Well, if you're listening to this, hopefully you want to be a little bit more casual. Um... There are ways to make these decks stay with the competitive, stay to stay in step with com- more competitive decks. Uh, a lot of the time, you just have to kind of find yourself holding up that one mana for like Nature's Claim or Path to Exile. If you know, if you kind of have that read on your opponent that he's going to have a huge turn next turn, just try and keep a mana open. The first couple times you do it, you'll really see that even just representing representing it after the fact really puts those more competitive players a little bit more on edge be like well i know he always plays path to exile or i always know he has a nature's claim so then they'll have to sit there they might not go for it or if they do go for it and you do have the nature's claim you get to blow them out and then that's a kind of a learned response that goes on with it uh, so it's just really good to play those lower converted man cast removable spells besides that uh, the one thing that I think this deck did need that I didn't put in it is some draw effects in the effect of, like, Harmonize or um, Shamanic Revelation. Uh, a lot of the ones that don't base around power are really good to play. Harmonize is pretty good. Just get those three mana. Uh, Skull Clamp is good to have. So, All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, and I hope you can keep playing your thematic decks. Bye. Interesting. It seems Seymour died at the ripe old age of 15. 15? You mean he lived for 12 more years after I got frozen? Indeed. Stop the cloning. Oh. Oh, sure. Smash the smart guy's machine. Why? What's wrong? Think about it. Seymour lived a full life after I was gone. He probably even added new songs to his repertoire. But that's a good thing. Walking on sunshine sucks noodles. I had Seymour till he was three. That's when I knew him, and that's when I loved him. I'll never forget him, but he forgot me a long, long time ago.